Welcome back to Resilient Entrepreneurs. It's the podcast where we celebrate the stories of successful business people who've overcome challenges and setbacks to build thriving businesses. And here we are at the end of season two already. What an incredible last few weeks it has been talking to exceptional entrepreneurs, resilient entrepreneurs who have incredible stories to share with you. So stay tuned, listen in, here come the highlights. In episode four, we spoke with elite para-athletes, Tasha Price and Adam Shepard, who reminded us to just say yes. The program I run uh, is, is called Wi-Fi, and it's all about helping people discover their why and their passion and their purpose. And I think it's really important for people to live a, a great life and a fulfilling life and have direction in their life. And particularly for those, you know, if you're feeling in a bit of a funk or to gain some understanding around your own why and what what you're here for and where your passion and your purpose lies yeah i guess everybody has those intrinsic motivators mm-hmm. those those things that motivate them from deep inside yeah. and look, like the one thing you say with your program is stoke that why with fire you know you want to you want to give passion to it not just have a why not just have a reason but kind of keep stoking it so that and you keep it going yeah, yeah. Keep, keep that fire burning yeah. so that you have that reason to get up every day you have that reason to mm. keep chasing your dreams and mm. the only way you can do that is by figuring it out and knowing exactly what it is honing on it and then use that as your the fire in your belly to keep you going yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. we talk a lot about using your intrinsic motivators so you know the stuff that you're really really passionate about about the stuff that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up in life to to pull you to move you forward and you know and to pull and you know and everyone ends up in in those funks and like as you said so it's using those things to to help pull you out and, and keep you on the on the track in episode eight we spoke with author speaker and incredible coach jamin fraser he told us how to show up at your best when it matters most a person building um, a business, this sounds like a lot to go to, you know, am I building my business or am I building me? And mm. can these <laughs> things be done in parallel? And yeah, I'll let you answer that. <laughs> well, especially for the solo entrepreneur, you are doing the same thing, you know, building you and your business. You are your business. Uh, you are your brand. You are your reputation. If you are solving problems with the handbrake on, then that's going to be bad for business. If you are doubting yourself, second-guessing yourself, assuming you're not good enough, fearing you're going to be found out, okay, well, it's not a big stretch to think that's affecting the bottom line of your business. And so, yeah, I, I think it's impossible that someone could really thrive in business, especially a business that is them bringing their essence to the world, solving a unique problem, creating a unique, a unique niche and a unique solution, and yet they're not sure that they've got what it takes or they're doubting their capacity to do that. It's hard enough running a business, let alone running a business with the handbrake on. And so, yeah, I think they are one and the same. It just seems like such a, a vulnerable subject and there is so much angst that gets built up with the fear of you know what if i'm not good enough what if i don't belong what if there's something wrong with me so i think the human condition is we all want to be good we want to feel like we're decent human beings we're just afraid that if it was all exposed there'd be some shortcoming and something lacking or limiting and so it's terrifying to have that confirmed so most people run or hide instead and develop a lot 
devote a lot of energy to masking, managing, medicating, insecurity. Um, it's very counterintuitive to actually turn and face it instead. But that is that's the most important adult work is to do that that thing to go back and review the narratives, the limiting beliefs you've picked up about yourself in earlier years. And and people have devoted a lot of energy into separating themselves from the past. There's a lot of lightweight rhetoric around the past is the past. It is what it is. You, you don't go back there. What would be the point of going back there? You can't change anything. But that's, I mean, it's just all because people get so scared around reviewing that. I love thinking about this in terms of engineering terms and if your operating system uh, was designed 20 or 30 years ago and had never been reviewed or updated, then there's no chance it's still performing relevant to your current outcomes, goals, desires. You know, even if it was a good operating system 20 or 30 years ago, there's no way it can still be performing optimally. So, of course, you're going to have to go back and review it and update it, especially if you want to perform at your best, achieve your potential, do meaningful work in the world. So, and that's all it is. It's just an optimization process using your adult skills to do what only you can do and reviewing the limiting beliefs and doubts, fears and insecurities you've developed is, is the heart of that work. In episode seven, we spoke with relationship specialist, Tracy Baker Lawrence. Do you leave from your head, your heart or your gut? But I think in terms of resilience, I think it's about the capacity to, well, a lot of everything comes for me back to being able to be present, but to be able to be self-aware and be self-compassionate and to be able to self-regulate. I think, I think those three things are really powerful. And I think if we can do that, then we'll be resilient. And, and I love, I don't know if you've heard of wonderful Michael Singer, who's a spiritual teacher. Um, and I'm just listening to his podcast all the time. He's fabulous. And he says, you know, and it's about sort of getting the ego out of the way, or as I would talk about it. And he says that really spirituality is about, can you handle it? And for me, that's what resilience is. Can you handle it? There's a lot of traffic and you're running late. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Can you be okay? And I think if we have self-awareness and we know why the ego is driving us and we can have a little chat to it and say, thank you very much, but that's not very helpful right now. <laughs> and you can bring self-compassion in and you can regulate your nervous system. For me, that's resilient. And so then maybe bringing that into organisations, I think it's still about can we be all more self-aware? Because we do... There is so much reactivity in the world, which distresses me to see that. So much automatic reactivity and people struggling to even understand what's going on in them, let alone to understand it, let alone to then um, make sense of it and then be able to regulate it. And so I think for people in organisations to the business owners to be able to do that for themselves is profoundly important. And then to be able to help their clients do that or leaders if they're executive coaches, but for the, the leaders to do that um, and then be mentors to other people in that because we co-regulate each other. Our nervous systems, you know, if we can co-regulate each other, that would be a really great world rather than setting each other off. In episode 14, we spoke with Mini Farm Project CEO Nick Steiner. He has an incredible giving circle that feeds thousands with your morning cup of coffee. 
Any advice for people out there that might, um, like you have a big vision of a world that they want to improve on and see a niche where they can actually make an impact, but they don't know where to start. Like, how does someone start? What, what do they need to know? What do you wish somebody had told you even? What I did was I came up with an idea on paper and then I spoke to somebody about it and they were like, oh, another crazy Nick idea. And it was like, okay, fine. Then I actually went out and did it. I just built the farm. I was like, now here's my, I just did it. Here's my idea in manifest. And then they saw it and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Now we see. Um, I find if you just do what it is that you want to do, even if it's a scale model, something tangible that people can see, the share and understand, you'll get that buy-in, which then fuels you as um, an entrepreneur or CEO or a founder to actually move to the next step. And one important thing for me is to have somebody that's close to you that you can confide in and go, am I a mental patient by thinking this is going to be a good idea? And you want full hard truth from that individual go, yeah, you are, it's not going to work. And then if you still want to do it, you just go and make it happen. But that person there is a supporter to you. I think everyone like myself, that creative mind, we're all a little bit touched. We just need that grounding occasionally where somebody just goes, hang on, have a look at this way. I'm here 100% to support you because we need that tether to support as well. Otherwise you're alone and you can't build when you're alone, you need somebody next to you to help. That's probably my recommendation to anyone starting out doing this is just to have that one trusted friend or personal mentor even just to give them that little bit of inspiration and help and just go and then just do the idea. Like for me, I built my first farm in my backyard. I worked through the processes. I told people about it and then I burnt my ships, so to speak. I, I wasn't going back. I was like, this is where I'm going. And I told every human being that I ever met goes, I'm starting a charity. This is what I'm doing. If I fail, I'll fail on these merits because I'm burning the, the ships. I'm not going back. This is the way forward. So it's a mindset thing. And if anyone's interested, have a look at the mind sciences, read about meditation and creative visualization. That just strengthens your vision. And it also strengthens your inner self by maintaining calm and focus and breathing to make sure that you can get through the stress into the next step as well. In episode five, we spoke to one of Bermuda's biggest and youngest entrepreneurs, the Sargasso Sea CEO, Colin Rigo, on embracing adversity. I need a challenge, a constant challenge, not just day-to-day work, but pushing the limits, pushing legislation, pushing governments, um, pushing humans to think differently. And I think when you create a team of people around you coming along that journey, it's fun. It's it's exciting. It's daunting at the same time. But it's kind of the same feeling that you go into a casino um, and you make a bet or something on yeah. something or, you know, you try something new for the first time. And that's the entrepreneurship world. It's every day is new. So if you like the thrill of new things, uncharted territories, then I think, you know, that's it keeps keeps people. It's grounding. It's humbling. And this pronto yeah. journey is, is definitely our focus. We're big believers that economic downturns, recessions, this time is when entrepreneurs have the most 
the opportunity to create new things. It's when innovation is going to be forced to happen because of need. And that's what entrepreneurs do. We find gaps, we fill needs. We, you know, help people, like you said, with the groceries, it's little things, but, and it's simple things too. So it was a learning journey and it was a great reapproaching the same project, understanding the market and understanding those opportunities. And if there's still a gap, then clearly there's a solution for that gap. There's always a solution, right? And if we think that, if we think that we've invented something or come up with some an idea in our mind, there's probably a cha- high chance and probability that it's already created or designed elsewhere. So that's not waste time recreating the wheel. Let's focus on how do we add value and how do we create a solution? So I, then it was consumer behavior and philosophy. I recognized that if you understand people and understand how to communicate something or sell something, then you could any business in any field, you know, global market, the underground market, it's how do you connect with people? How do you communicate? How do we engage? And, and I can have the best service in the world. You can have the best marketing, but if we can't communicate that to, to the right audience at the right time and the right channels, then it doesn't matter. Have the best Ferrari in the world, best vehicle, but if you have no idea where you want to go, how, how to get there, then it's going to be a big challenge. In episode 19, we spoke with Skip Berman from Safe to Great, and he talked a lot about the future of leadership with AI. You are quite the consummate entrepreneur, so what is it about it that you really like and sort of how did you get here? I suppose it's about having an idea, sometimes coming at crazy times and say, okay, let's give that a shot. I have a consultant business I've had for many years, like 12 and a half years, et cetera. But I've had lots of attempts at it. I mean, I had a, my first company when I was 18. That didn't go so well, but you learn you learn from disasters as well. But sometimes it comes to you because it's a profession, but sometimes it comes to you because you have a calling. You want to try something, do, do something different. I have a hotel, which my wife and I are sort of building up in France. It's an old farm. And uh, that's a calling. We were, we were sort of lying in bed and sort of thinking, I actually don't know where the idea came from, but suddenly we're talking about it, suddenly we're online and, and a month later we bought something and, and then COVID hit. And then, oh boy, then we had to work out how to pay for it. But there you go. We're, we're okay now. But there is something very special about taking idea and making it, turning it into something. That's a real creator thing and I love that. Where does that not, I mean, you have to have an amount of desire for risk, not necessarily desire, but less fear of risk than other normal people. Curious, is your wife entrepreneurial? She is. And she loves the project in the hotel. She's currently working in corporate, but she finds it really boring. So I think she has a real entrepreneurial spirit. Reality is, you know, when you're a couple who one is an entrepreneur, sometimes you have to make choices about your biggest determinant of success is your financial setup at home. If you don't have that right, you're going to be like, it's not going to work. So having a salary that's more guaranteed is helpful. And I think an awful lot of small businesses are built up around that. And that's how they, that is a good way to, to make that work, to balance your risk out. Partner bootstrap your business. In episode one, we spoke with celebrity makeup artist, Christina Flack on manifesting success. This is a good one. Listen in. A lot of our audience is at the beginning of their journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any memories from the beginning of your journey and 
any advice for people who might want to look forward 20 years and say, what's the best thing to do at the start of your journey? So I would say the best thing and most important thing is um, being an entrepreneur, you have to really love what you do because it is going to take so much more time, so much more effort, so much more money than you can even imagine. So you really have to enjoy the process because if you don't love it and want to wake up every day and can't wait to do it, it's going to fail because it's exhausting and sometimes very frustrating. Um, Tyler has a great saying that, you know, it's really hard to be exceptional because if anyone knew how hard it is, no one would do anything. So it's actually better that you don't know. I know that there's a lot of people in the world that are in corporate jobs or in jobs that they just don't love and they want to make a change. And so what I urge people to do is work after work, get a part-time job doing what it is that really brings you joy and fills your heart um, and, and on the weekends and not quit your job because I didn't do that. I mean, I am very grateful that I have uh, pretty girl. That is my my company that I started. So days that I'm not on set, I'm doing interviews and I'm and and I work on my company. So for me, a perfect fit. Uh, both my careers actually help each other. It differentiates me as a makeup artist that I have my own line, and it helps my line that I'm still a working makeup artist. So uh, I'm very grateful for that. But I I love both aspects of my job. It's exhausting being a makeup artist because you wake up early and it's a long day. Yeah. Uh, so that's why on days that I don't have a shoot, I can be a normal person. I can go work out, I can go to yoga class, I can, you know, do stuff and, and be in my office or work in my home. So I'm, I, I have created the life that I want and uh, I love how it is. In episode two, business coach Raina Drake spoke with us about balancing business and emotions. I think especially for entrepreneurs and um, new business owners or people who are thinking of going into business, one thing one must really, uh, I, I think, appreciate from the get-go is that you are going to face challenges. It is part and parcel of running a business. You cannot avoid this no matter how smart, no matter how strategic you are, no matter how many resources you have at your disposal. What changes is what kind of issues or concerns you have to deal with. But the fact that you have to deal with challenges does not change. So if you go into business taking this into account and accepting this fact, when you do come face to face with these challenges, you know that it's not the end. It's just what it's in the, it's the nature of business. So it can help you continue where um, you would otherwise have, say, clocked out and said, I can't do this. I think that type of attitude too helps take the emotion out of it. So Absolutely. when you can right, yeah. pull the emotion out of the sting of a challenge and realize, oh, this is just something I have to deal with. It's not something that's meant to attack me. You can change yeah. your mindset around it. To me, Resilience really means having indomitable will. And I'll expand a little bit on that. To have an indomitable will is to have a will that cannot break. So even when you collapse, you are able to sustain your focus and you get back up. So with that, because in business, you will always have hurdles. Things will come from the left field and take you out. And so... 
Of course, with some strategy and planning, you can mitigate a lot of those risks. However, you cannot know what you do not know. And so having that indomitable will or that will that does not break, regardless of what happens, is really, really um, important. In episode 21, we spoke with business leadership coach Sandra Gardner on risk, fail, and repeat. Do you think entrepreneurship is for everyone? Do you think anyone can do this? I'd love to say yes, because in my world, there's no greater vehicle for personal development than starting and building a business. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. But there's other vehicles to learn about yourself. It doesn't have to be business. And some people that like are risk-averse, uh, are comfortable in knowing a role or a job and like the routine of um, their day-to-day -day and the certainty of a, an income are not really willing to step off the ledge because there is a leap of faith. At some point, you've got to leap off that cliff top, knowing that, you know, hoping the parachute will open, but you're not 100% sure. So if you're not willing to jump off the cliff top, then maybe you, you need to do a bit more work and get yourself ready for that leap. Uh, not to say you couldn't get there, but I think you want to be fully aware of what you're going into. And even if you just start the learning process, so learn about entrepreneurship. If you have a business idea, you know, do the research, get a bit of a plan together, work out if it's got some legs. Again, talk to people. And then you might say, no, it's not for me. But you've had a wonderful experience of exploring an idea and that that really has got value in itself. Uh, or you might say, yeah, this is for me. I reckon this is going to work. Uh, I'm willing to give it a go. So I look... Is it for everybody? I think it's a hard question to answer. I'd like to say yes, but possibly you've got to look at it a bit more deeply. Yeah, I think that's a really hard question to answer too. I don't. I, I totally agree with you. I think it's a lot about mindset and and personal development and being willing to have that growth mindset. I think is probably the biggest key because you've got to grow and you are going to grow whether you like it or not because it's that risk fail risk fail risk fail pattern that you've got to be open to and grow and learn from right yeah yeah exactly. oh. And I do love that there are so many more coaches um, out mm. there in the world now that are accessible that can help you get unstuck. So that's a message to the entrepreneurs out there. Don't sit stuck in a place. There, there are people that can help you just see it from a different perspective. In episode 17, we spoke with the founder of Current Vehicles, Piers Carr, about breaking through the no barrier. And my goodness, he has had some significant no's. What for you is the best part about being an entrepreneur, Piers? The best part is that vision that we set out at the start, which has changed shape a few times, but it's, I guess, our North Star is is seeing that, that start to form, start to come together. Um, so an idea that we came up with in, in 2012 and just starting to see that uh, take shape has been has been brilliant and knowing that that was something that that we came up with together and that we're on that journey to make it happen 
and it's it's meaningful and it gives it it gives me purpose. I think uh, as entrepreneurs, you have to be an optimist, uh, eternal optimist. You know, particularly when you when you're faced with uh, adversity. And the last year, I went into last year going, we're back. This is going to be great. And it was a really difficult year for us. We we did obviously pick up from the, the previous years, but I think the arrival numbers, certainly airlift was down 50%. Then we found ourselves with big supply chain issues. So trying to get the parts for our vehicles uh, was difficult. So we had a, a large percentage of our fleet offline, which wasn't good. Uh, this year... Supply chain seems to be fixed, so we will be able to put a, put a full fleet out. And by all accounts, the conversations I'm having with the hotels and our, and our pre-bookings are looking really positive. You've got to celebrate the milestones that you hit. And each of those milestones is a win, is a success, because you, you have to face a lot of backlash. You've got to face really uncertain, difficult times. And there are milestones. You have an idea. You like to see it rolled out. And when you hit those, you should celebrate them. I feel lucky and I feel successful that we've got to where we, we have got to. In episode 18, we spoke with Wholesome Belly's founder, Fiona Anchel, and she gave us the real playbook for work-life balance. Are you able to articulate what you love most about being an entrepreneur? What I love most. I love that my time is my time. I have so much freedom. I having had children like 10 years ago has allowed me to run a business and be there every single morning. I don't have to rush off and I'm there every single afternoon. And that is the most valuable gift. I won't have that. I'm going to get very emotional. Sorry. I won't have that for much longer because they're growing. And I, I just see so many parents living the grind and the hustle and they're up super early and they're rushing to work and the kids are in after school and before school care and that would break my heart so time I can jump back online tonight I can be here with you this morning while they're asleep I'm with them every single day and that's more than anything to me in episode 20 we spoke with the founder of Glacier Digital Agency Tan and he gave some great digital marketing tips he had some interesting concepts about AI and he says advertising should not be designed to stand out. If you want to hear what his last name is, you have to listen to the whole episode. <laughs> You'll see why. The digital business, uh, digital agency business that you've started, you're still quite young. This is what your second business and you were working at an agency and then decided to branch out on your own. So you really have that entrepreneurial spirit running strong. I would say, I don't know. I don't know what an entrepreneurial spirit is, but I like freedom. So I think that's what it is. For me, uh, freedom is, is the best thing in the world. I think you could have money, but you can't have, you can buy freedom. So for me, the number one priority is freedom. Uh, I need to be able to choose my hour that I want to work, what, when I want to work and just what I want to do. I think it, being an entrepreneur, being the business owner um, fits those boxes for some people that are not really committed or driven. Uh, freedom can be a, a downfall as well. That's as the same for me sometimes. What's your thoughts on AI? Because nowadays you can get an avatar to speak for you and you can get ChatGPT to write you a script and everything. So what's your thoughts on there and the future of uh, 
marketing that's coming through that. Yeah, AI is a skill and we're moving to a world where you need to know more, more things to be able to work um, in, the, in a competitive industry. So you not, not only you have to know the platform that you'll be advertising on or, or you know, posting or get organically on, um, you have to know how the algorithm of each platform works. You know, now have to know how to, to work AI because that's a competitive age, right? Um, if you don't use it, you're going to fall, you're going to fall behind. I think in the industry is talking about prompt engineers. Um, and I think you have to, to learn at least the basic of what you need to say, the, uh, you know, the right things you need to say, the, the parameters that ha- you have to set for AI to, for, for it to produce at least good quality or uh, acceptable quality content that's you know, not, not a, f- a five-year-old can do. What's the future of AI? If you were to project into the future, look into the crystal ball, what does it look like in, I don't know, even three years' time? Three years' time. Three years' time. I think AI is growing exponentially. Everything nowadays can be solved with AI. There's even a website. I can't remember the website, but it kind of collects all the, the tools that um, AI tools for, and it literally has everything that can be solved by AI. So um, I think in three years, people will catch on um, and AI will just be another tool. Uh, it, won't, it won't have that hype around it anymore because um, nowadays, if you say something is written by AI, created by AI, supported by AI, kind of like, oh, this is a new product. But, you know, in three years, it won't have that, that buzz, uh, that ring to it anymore. In episode 11, we spoke with DigiRoo founders Antonio and Lloyd Holder on becoming inventors. The reality yeah. is it's easy to it launch is. a service. Right. Yeah, I know. I know you understand that, Lloyd. Like a service yeah. is a different ball game than a product because Absolutely. a product, there the time of development is. I think what most people underestimate. And like yes. you were saying, the costs. Right. There is a lot of factors in, and it's not just the materials and the making of the product in the factory. It's all the design phase, the lawyers, the legal yeah. stuff, the trademark, mm-hmm. the everything that you guys have been through. Were you prepared for that? Or do you feel like you just went in completely naive and you went for it? <laughs> well, I, yes, yes and no. So after I had the idea, we talked about it. We did the preliminary patent research where we were, I, we were like, I will never forget when I read the email and it was like, congratulations, this is what they consider a novel idea, right? So at that point, I was like, we about to be millionaires, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was like, no, but that's, that's honestly what was the first thought in my mind. I think since I've become more of an entrepreneur and I have that entrepreneurial spirit, I'm constantly thinking about how I could improve things. Mm-hmm. or has this been done before oh that's a great idea or or out of the lack that I'm experiencing can I capitalize on that do other people need that if I'm looking for it somebody else must be looking for it right and you get excited about that and the idea that you can be successful not just making money but also make an impact in episode 16 we spoke with Renew Designs CEO Alyssa Newey and she talked about sustainability and self-care. 
And I always yeah. said that business brings out the best in you, but it also brings out the worst in you. It's, it is a relationship. You know, you learn so much about yourself by running a business. So much. And I think that's what I realized retrospectively I loved most in business training. Finances is not my jam. I obviously have to learn about them because I need to run a profitable business, but it kills my soul the days that I have to sit down and do invoicing. But the bits that I I loved is actually learning about people and learning about myself and doing all of the profiling and then understanding why I approach things in a specific way. And I think there is so much of that in business because, as you say, it, it brings out your best and your worst and it is a pressure cooker, particularly the first years of running a business. So if you've got reasons within yourself why you're driven to work too hard, you won't be able to address that unless you can address why you're doing it and you'll end up burnt out. So a lot of it is actually looking at the deeper reasons behind what motivates you to do something. And I was having a discussion with my friend the other day about the energy of moving towards something compared to the energy of moving away from something. So if you're building a business like I was because I wanted to prove myself in the world and I wanted to be successful and I was fundamentally, I didn't want to have the life that I had as a child where we didn't have enough money and there was scarcity. So as much as I felt like I was building something, I was actually running away. And I was using a business as a vehicle to do that, to create the opposite of the life that I didn't want. Whereas this time I have a vision of the change I want to see in the world. So I know what the target is. I know what I'm building towards and it energizes me to try to get there. So the the amount of work might be exactly the same, but it's energizing rather than depleting because when you're trying to constantly struggle against something, It takes so much energy compared to when you're excited about achieving something. In episode six, we spoke with systems expert, Crystal Diverti. Before you hire, hear this. What's like most about being an entrepreneur? What's the best thing? The freedom. I think for me, being in business provides choice. So it's the choice that if I want to work, I can. If I don't want to work, well, I don't have to. You know, work when I, you know, work in terms of in the business. Um, and the the choice to, if it's a hot day, go to the beach and have a swim. I don't have to be sitting at my desk because my boss has told me I have to. And that also then leads into the choice for future crystal and my family, not someone else's future. Yeah. So it's the freedom. Does someone who's into systems and operations and and this being sort of your work Mm -hmm. and your career, like what was like, what was your childhood like? Were you quite an organized orderly child? (laughs) What would you say that, how has that like impacted you today? Very much so. My father was in the defense force. And so it was very much drilled into me from mind the pun there's a way to do everything and there's a a better way to continually improve what you're doing and get faster and more efficient and so yes my, my childhood was an interesting one with continually being challenged around 
well, you know, if I'm washing the dishes, well, how can I do that better? How can I do it faster so that I can finish my chores and then go do the things that I actually want to be doing? And that has instilled some really foundational structure and the the basics around systems and processes and streamlining for efficiency and effectiveness. I spent the majority of my 20s traveling the world and getting life experience. And so it wasn't until I turned 30 that I kind of went, hmm, might be time to start adulting. (laughs) (laughs) And because I also grew up in business, which, you know, not a lot of people have that experience. And so I didn't know any different. Business is my normal. And so all of the challenges that you learn when you start a business, I actually learned from the age of 12 to kind of 18 through my parents' businesses. And so all of those mistakes that you make in that first one to two years of business, I was really lucky I didn't have to make them because I already had that um, skill set sitting there waiting to go. So for me, when I decided to become an adult at 30, it was more around what do I want to do? And there were a few different career changes in the first couple of years. And through that journey, realized that my skill set was in systems and processes and um, standard operating procedures and software and through the qualifications in ISO and workplace health and safety, yeah, jumped pretty quickly into having my own business um, because it was my normal. In episode 12, we spoke with Pat Philip Fairn. She's the CEO and founder of a business strategy and coaching company called Objective. And she talked about run towards what scares you. What would you tell somebody maybe that you worked with that they were like ready to take that leap into entrepreneurship or just starting out and they're going through all those emotions? Mm. I would say be very, very clear on what it is that you're offering. What is your purpose, right? What is the purpose of your business? What is the problem you're solving? Be clear on that because then you can stay focused, right? So if something is put in front of you that does not align with that, then it's easier for you to, to sort of retain clarity, get through the, I must say yes to everything that's put in front of me, right? If you're clear on your purpose and what it is that you're actually providing, then if something is put in front of you that doesn't align with that, then you can decide, okay, really, should I be doing this? Is this in my skill set? Or is this helping me to solve that problem I identified? You know, is it really in alignment with what I do? And sometimes who I am, never forget your values as well as you you go through the entrepreneurial journey, because that, again, can help you to stay focused um, and really understand what your objective is for your business. I mean, I, I named the business, and, and it, it's funny because I was going through the naming process, which is quite fun. And uh, my husband, who's, who, who was a serial entrepreneur, he actually, we did a bit of brainstorming, and he actually helped me to, to, to name the business because I kept going back to always and with my teams and in my, in my career, 
always making sure that you're clear on your objective. I'll talk with the team and I'll say, okay, what are we trying to achieve here? If we don't know what our objective is, then we don't know what we're trying to, what the outcome, the desired outcome needs to be. That means we don't align what we're doing with that, right? We don't have, we don't have, we don't set a direction properly. We go off on a tangent if we don't know what we're trying to achieve. And so stay focused on your objective. Always, always have your values in sight when you're making these decisions. And then you'll be able to take that leap and, and you know, say no to the things you should be saying no to and, and be able to provide your service um, and always provide your service with clarity. In episode nine, we spoke with MediWaste CEO and founder Dante Hunt on all the essentials of entrepreneurship. So Dante, tell us what you love most about being an entrepreneur. What do I love most? Great question. You know what? I, I truly believe that entrepreneurs are in the artist space. We like to create. and Well, at least that's what I like to do. I like to create. And it's something special about creating. You have the latitude to do almost whatever you want. You're at the pilot seat, if you will. The ultimate, I guess, satisfaction is sometimes, I say sometimes, sitting back and looking at what you've created. And it, it just feels absolutely awesome. The reason why I say sometimes, because we get so stuck in as entrepreneurs, right? And so we've never, we've never arrived, right? And so we, sometimes we cannot just see all of what we've accomplished because, you know, we're always looking for more and more and more. Have I done enough? X, Y, and Z. So I, I guess first and foremost is it, it's creating, being a creator naturally. And we talked about this earlier. You get the sense of freedom, right? It's give and take, right? But you control what the direction of the business, uh, and it's up to you. That can be scary, but sometimes it can be, many times, it can be awesome. It's, and it all depends on how you prepare yourself uh, yeah. when you get into a role of, of an entrepreneur and, and leading a company. In episode 15, we spoke with Vizartech Inc. co-founder and CEO, Slava Pudmurni. And he believes if you're not growing, you're dying. What is the best thing for you about being an entrepreneur? What is it that you truly love? From time to time, I'm getting older, yes, and I'm not so passionate as I used to be, maybe less active, you know, more calmer person. <laughs> At the same time, I still have this when I was like playing those games in my, I was younger, kid. I was playing those strategic games and uh, that feeling that you are growing, building, scaling, helping other people improve their lifestyle. Um, that's what I like the best because as an entrepreneur, you can walk up during the night and got an idea like, oh my God, I got an idea. Like you just note it and you discuss with your team in the morning and it's a brilliant idea. The ability to make more artistic impact, uh, I would say, that's uh, fascinating the most for me. <laughs> In episode three, we spoke with award-winning entrepreneur Claire McDevitt on developing partnerships. What's the best part about being an entrepreneur? What's the one thing you love the most? This stuff right here is meeting other entrepreneurs and being on podcasts and being able to share your story and hopefully connect with somebody or something that I would say connects with them and they know, okay, I'm not alone in this. Um, the flexibility I love, I work hard, right no doubt about it but 
I love that I can pick my daughter up and I can have that quality time with her. And then I can log back in, you know, work-wise in the sense of after she goes to bed or can manage it and manage my time myself. And also just the growth. I'm not saying there's no growth in nursing per se, but like just that expansion, right, of what you're capable of doing as an entrepreneur and business owner like that that just blew my mind like I'm doing things that I never thought I would have confidence or that was just like what other people did um and not what we do or what I do or what you guys do right it's a constant learning and and it's just getting bigger and bigger and, and it's fun I don't ever hate the moments I learn from them. any failures you just learn what happened your attitude it's like your attitude like it's your how you approach it you know I can take it as a negative and be down in the dumps about it and sulk and lick my wounds for X amount of time. And that's okay to do it, but it's coming back and being right. Okay. What did I learn from this? Like that's ultimately the, the only question you can ask them is like, what do we all learn from this? Right. Whether, and, and then they section it from there and um, the support network that you may have as well, reaching out to people. If, again, I'm not afraid to ask for help. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, if I don't know marketing, if I don't know this, I'm, I'm going to ask somebody else to, to show me because I'd rather not spend five hours down a rabbit hole trying <laughs> and just then ask then ask for help and know that I can get a, a, a solution really quickly, right? Being grateful is another thing, right? I don't want to mean to sound soft, but how many people like get to start their business again and get to be in a position where I'm meeting so many people every single day and doing something purposeful and helpful and enjoying it. Like I'm enjoying it. So immensely grateful all the time for, for what we have done, what we've achieved and what we're going to learn in the future, right? That's a wrap for today's episode of Resilient Entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoyed hearing from our amazing guest and learned something new about resilience and entrepreneurship. Remember, resilience isn't just a trait. It's a skill that can be learned and developed. And if you want to stay connected with us and hear more inspiring stories, be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on social media. And if you know somebody who's a resilient entrepreneur and would be a great guest on our show, we want to hear from you. Please reach out. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode of Resilient Entrepreneurs.